now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton and guess what? It's one week till Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll leave the haunting until next week. I'm Steffi Barnett on the show today. We carry on with our chat with the lovely Jordan Gray. Uh, And we talk to Belsky about their upcoming show, Me No Pause. I love that. All that and so much more. Uh, Today, right here on Shout Out. Well, I'm afraid. What a day! Hey, the lettuce wow. is one. The lettuce is one. So, oh, and in sad news, um, did you see here in Bristol the Grosvenor Hotel was on fire last night? It was, yes. Yeah, the old one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, by, by the, I mean, it's been a bit of an eyesore for a while, but at one point it was like the most prestigious place. It was in an eyesore oh. when I was a kid, and yeah. that was a century it ago. Was, <laughs> it, it's been derelict for a very long time. Yeah. Well, kind yes. kind of. It's had it one a, guy living in it who yeah, gave it's been an interview. It's for a while, yeah. 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 Oh, a bit of a plug while we're talking about Bristol, or Brizzle, as it should be pronounced. Um, <laughs> fans of Tom Marshman, he's uh, doing a show called Our Old Market Remixed. True hey. stories from the wrong side side of town when sale market was the wrong side it's very queer side of town Indeed. that's at the wardrobe theater between the first and the fifth yeah, of he's great he's, very he's good, been yeah. on the program yeah many he? times yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah in fact, i think ours. the first time we had him on was because he was entering in a was it pretty polly best legs competition oh, yes do you remember Pretty Polly. Yeah. Gosh, that's a brand that goes back a long way, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, what what was really what was the whole thing about it was the fact that um, you know it's normally women that enter, and he's obviously yeah, okay, male. Man. And yeah. uh, so I can't remember where he came actually. He did tell us, but it was many, many, many years ago. I think it was a good like decade or so ago. It was yeah. one of the earlier shows. So. Yes. Well, um, when you've been around as long as we have, you see have a long history. Yeah. But yeah, no, Tom Tom Marshman's well worth going to see. Yes, so. I agree. I agree. Um, and on s- Sunday, it's Doctor Who. Oh, a lot of yes. that, another one. Queer sci-fi fans will be tuned oh, in for that. Terry, give yes. me give me the fact that I sent you earlier about Liz Truss. Yes, uh, Liz Truss <laughs> is the only Prime Minister in British history, well, since 1963, to have uh, ruled uh, without an episode of Doctor Who being broadcast oh, really? during <laughs> that tenure. Uh, what a claim to fame, Liz. I like, I like the fact it took longer to vote her to be the Prime Minister than she's actually been in power. Yeah, she is, uh, she's got the record for the shortest Prime Ministership yeah. by some margin. The yeah. last yeah. one was a guy 120 called something, George it? Canning in 1827. Yeah. He died in office after 100 40 days or something so 119 119 there we yeah. are so she's got the record by some considerable margin yeah 45 <laughs> God. there we are what a day what, what a, a day, day. Yeah. what a year in fact everything that's happened yeah. this year Anna's Horribles yes indeed yes. as the late Queen would have said yeah yeah bless her yeah, it's going to be good though for pub quizzes in about five years' time. <laughs> Just remember what happened, folks, because there's going to be a lot of pub quizzes all about Liz Truss. Yes, yes. I, I do, do think it's funny though that um, um, I think it was Daily Star or something like that did the whole Trust fees lettuce. They've had a live YouTube channel running with a picture of Trust and a and a, and a lettuce. 
Um, and America picked up on it. The New York Times found oh, a whole article. <laughs> Bless. That's, uh, a bit, that's a bit worrying when the world press start looking at the star. Well, well, the, well, the da- is well, the Daily was, Star a newspaper? I think there's more news no, than the Beano. Isn't I, could, I could be right. I can't yeah. remember what paper it was. It was just the fact. No, it sounds like it, the Daily Star. It, it kind of it went like viral on yeah. social media. If that, you that call was, that a newspaper, then the Dandy Beano, they're all newspapers. What, wasn't there a paper called the Daily Sport at one point? Oh, oh which, yeah. that yes. was trashy, wasn't yeah. it? Trashy. It was pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did they wrote stories like there's a Lancaster bomber crash landed on the moon and things like this. Really <laughs> weird stuff. Well, anyway. I, I guess it fits with you with Euro Trash. Oh yes, that yes. program on Channel Four. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, uh, we got a lovely continuation of last week's um, uh, interview with Jordan Ray coming up later. Um, but before that, um, stay with us because coming up after the track, um, we're going to be talking to uh, Belsky. So stay with us. You're listening yeah. to Shout Out. <laughs> Shout out LGBT radio for you. The shout out podcast. Well, we've had Belsky on the show before, so it's a big welcome back, and you're about to hit the floorboards again. Belsky, tell me all about it. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me back. So I think I was with you back in April because I brought my previous show, Blood Glorious Blood, a celebration of menstruation to the Alma Theatre in Clifton. So I'm here today to talk about my latest show, which is called Me, No Pause. And it's Belsky's Guide to Surviving the Perimenopause. So the show was kind of an obvious progression from the menstruation show because I myself was experiencing the perimenopause and you know a couple of years ago there was not the information around that we see today I see on social media maybe because of who I follow because I did the research there seems to be a lot more conversations and consciousness raising about the menopause but when I started experiencing my perimenopausal symptoms and particularly through a queer perspective there wasn't a lot and it was very heteronormative you know you're reading books it's talking about your husband your male partner and um, yeah so I will be bringing menopause to the Alma Theatre in Clifton on Friday the 28th of October now, when we were talking about blood, glorious blood, um, I think it was Ez who was who was chatting to you. Um, how did that go? And how did this new one sort of, was it organic that you've moved on to this, this new show? Um, so to answer the first part of the question, yeah, to bring in blood, glorious blood was amazing because I'm kind of relatively unknown in Bristol. I do the majority of my work in Brighton and London. So I was really excited about bringing my work to Bristol because I know you've got a very vibrant art scene and lots of theatre. Another parallel between both shows is my comedy character. So I have Adriana Mole. She's Italian. She's a social media influencer and she wants to sell her her products. So now she has all the products to help you with your menopause. When in Blood, Glorious Blood, she was selling you menstruation products. So that's always good fun, bringing Adriana on. And again, she loves getting an audience member up to try out some of her products. And then there's always the really serious part about... uh, the kind of science and medical side and how, as I'm sure everyone knows, the science and medical profession do fail uh, women and people assigned female at birth as they, you know, people who are non-binary and trans. Um, 
they don't put the research into these groups of people and hence we have the results of medical studies done on men generalised to the rest of us and particularly an issue which affects people assigned female at birth, there's even less money and research put into it. So the um, kind of the history of menopause treatments really sung that out, the fact that medical profession men didn't know what they were doing and horrific things were done to people in menopause and even now you know, things could still be a lot better. I'm sure you've all heard about the hormone crisis. So uh, people going through menopause who choose to take estrogen and HRT and there's been a massive shortage and people not being able to get access. So I think through all my shows, I hit very serious feminist political messages through a clear, queer lens that people I really want people to engage with and to smash the taboos, but using the medium of performance art and comedy and lighter, fluffy stuff to kind of draw people in to the conversation. Yeah. There's been a lot of hatred out there um, from feminist groups towards um, trans men um, uh, and using the term menstruation in a derogatory manner towards uh, trans men. Do you deal with that in your show? Yeah, I talked about it in Blood, Glorious Blood, the fact that we've had some real breakthroughs with the supermarkets in the UK, not calling the aisles feminine hygiene. I'm cisgendered, but I do not identify with the word feminine. And hygiene is making it sound dirty. So, And it shouldn't be sanitary, because again, it's, un it's making it seem unclean. So period products, menstrual products, that's what they are. They're products to manage menstruation. And um, yeah, pe other people with sign female at birth, trans men, non-binary people menstruate. And when you know, you're experiencing gender dysphoria, as people in our community and my friends do, it can be really, really challenging to um, experience your menstruation. And again, the whole hormone debate and uh, my friends who transitioned, yeah, you, you do go, your body does go through a menopause as you're hitting your male puberty with all the hormones. So you're right. And it's just educating people and talking about it's, you know, it's not just the menopause that a cis woman will go through. You can have early menopause, you can have surgical menopause, and then you've got people who are transitioning on hormones for different reasons, having different um, menopause and using hormones. So it's definitely needs to be included in the conversation about smashing that stigma and it's not just the heteronormative uh cisgendered straight woman's experience which again can come through because when i was doing the research some of the very contemporary menopause self-help books i read were from such a cringeworthy heteronormative perspective there was a section at the back about how your husband can support you they were assuming that a you had a partner you could be arrow, you could be ace, you know, you could be self-partnered. They're assuming you're partnered because that's the norm and they're assuming your partner is male. And they were like literally saying about send them to go and play golf. And I'm like, I'm not joking. This is like 2022. Yeah. And then I came across a really amazing uh, queer book on how menopause. And it was so inclusive with non-binary, trans um, the, and that kind of queer experience of accessing medical support and having even more barriers and like you say the stigma and if you're presenting as male you know you have a, you could still have a uterus and still be going through this yeah, so I think it's so important to educate people on the multiplicity of menopausal experiences okay now what times um, is the Bristol show going to be at the Alma 
So it's um, eight o'clock, so you can arrive early. They have a really great food menu. So if you make a night of it, and I think you get a discount on food if you buy a theatre ticket. So the show is eight o'clock, and it's £11. You can get tickets at the Alma Theatre website or on Ticket Taylor, and also through my website. Belshki, thanks again for joining us. And I am sure you're going to be a regular attender of Shout Out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. I do like that one. It's an Ed Sheeran. It's a, a right old bopper, isn't it? <laughs> Good lush. Absolute yeah. banger. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's so that Steph can understand me. <laughs> Wow. I know. Oh, I'd say sorry, Ez but I'm not. hasn't just taken the mickey out of every single Bristolian listening. Oh, it? I, Never mind. No, Steph's one of a kind. She knows that. Yeah, I know, but you just took the mickey out of the Bristolian no, accent. No, I love Bristolians. And, and we broadcast in Bristol. I love you, Bristolians. All of you. I've lived here for seven years. Thank you for making me home. <laughs> You're digging yourself deeper. Uh, well, I did move to Bath. We'll end it there. Well, yeah. well. So, bar. So, for it from Bath, yeah. sh- sh- shall we get Lots. some news headlines? Let's go. <laughs> Such fun. This is Shout Out News on Thursday, 20th of October. Revenge is a dish best served cold, remarked one LGBT plus activist online this week. As the homophobic, transphobic and anti-liberal conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, head of the right-wing and pro-conspiracy website Infowars, was ordered to pay $965 million in damages to the survivors and families of victims of the 2012 shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut. Sky News Channel reports that Jones had claimed that the victims were actors and that the massacre was faked. The BBC noted that the supporters of Jones and his right-wing worldview had subjected the victims' families to a barrage of hate mail and death threats, adding that one father recounted hearing that people were desecrating his son's grave by urinating on it. Infowars has been a fanatical opponent of any LGBTQIA plus civil rights and is a mouthpiece for generally reactionary politics. Its critics hope that it will be chastened after the court case, if not closed down completely. Wikipedia reports that Marion Boyd, a former member of the Legislative Assembly of Ontario for the Social Democratic Party, the NDP, has passed on at the age of 76. Boyd was the first woman to hold the position of Attorney General on Ontario and in that role she champions legislation called the Equality Rights Statute Amendment Bill in 1993. This would have granted equal rights to same-sex couples in most areas of law. Sadly, after a shameful campaign of public intolerance whipped up by the political right wing and full-time hate groups, the bill failed on a free vote. The Progressive Conservative Party formed government after the next election and ultimately passed similar legislation five years later. Boyd's passing and her allyship of the LGBTQIA plus community was quietly noted in the Canadian gay press. 
Community radio, college radio and small independent broadcasting stations such as the ones this programme broadcasts on are a choice for positivity in news output, promoting inclusion, tolerance and respect in the public sphere. But in The Guardian, columnist Nezreen Malik slams the British papers and the right-wing television and talk radio networks for their deleterious effect on political discourse. Nezreen says that they are a raging furnace of provocation, spitting out lies, fear and spite and shaping a political culture of miserliness and insularity. Sports news now. LGBTQI plus friendly blog Fat Phobia Busters, which describes itself as a place for fat people to openly call out bigotry against us, reports that a rugby football union investigation found, in the words of a BBC News article, that referees were judged on body size, weight or shape, even if they had passed fitness assessments. The article also states that referees missed out on officiating top rugby matches because selectors were unfairly critical of their body shape and the Rugby Football Union accepts this finding. There is a highly active LGBTQIA plus rugby community online celebrating openness and non-oppressive sports and with the bear community as well. And lesbian feminist critiques of the diet industry, we note that LGBTQIA plus communities are also challenging fat phobia. LGBTQ Nation news website reports that the 5th annual San Francisco Bay Area Queer Zine Fest takes place over the week of November the 13th to the 19th. Zines, short for fanzine, have their roots in the underground press of the 1960s and the underground self-produced magazines which accompanied the punk rock explosion of the late 70s. LGBTQ Nation notes that they have been historically important for many marginalised groups, allowing them to build community, get their messages across and celebrate autonomy and culture. The website notes they're an anti-capitalist practice of sorts. And with Halloween approaching rapidly, the festival once dubbed by a gay magazine as a gay Christmas, fashion brand Andrew Christian have gone off the beaten track with a list of the nine bestest and they say queerest horror and thriller movies of all time. In the offerings, we have Interview with a Vampire and B&B, which features a cute gay couple and plenty of blood. Also in the top few is French by Stranger by the Lake for its taut unsettling qualities. But what is number one? You'll have to log into the Andrew Christian website to find out and just a heads up, it's not safe for work unless you happen to work in the most liberal of environments. And finally, LGBTQIA plus Hindus and other faiths from India will be sending their greetings this weekend as we begin the five nights of Diwali, the Festival of Lights. The festival is sacred to Hinduism but is also marked by other religions of the Indian subcontinent such as Sikhism and Jainism. It's also marked by some sects of Buddhists. It's known as a joyful festival characterised by the lighting of lights to illuminate the autumn nights, fireworks and special meals with family and friends. Diwali is celebrated in many British cities and timeanddate.com notes that there may be congestion in streets near temples and gurdwaras and that any Asian businesses may close early for the celebrations. Diwali is calculated on a loony solar calendar and therefore moves relative to the Gregorian calendar between late October and late November. India has a strong relationship 
relationship, of course, with Britain during a prolonged 250-year period of empire, which saw much suffering, division and loss. At the same time, the ancient teachings of Hinduism and other faiths in India, with their gender nonconformity and erotic bliss, appealed to many British people who we would identify today as gay, trans or pansexual. More than one Victorian homosexual Englishman converted to Hinduism and immersed themselves in the religions known for their calendars of feasts and festivals, to quote Bristol Hindu Temple. Today, the network Galva 108 continues to provide information for LGBTQIA plus people interested in Hinduism and to provide support to Hindu, gay, bi and trans people. We've also popped a link to them on our website. If you're celebrating this weekend, we wish you a splendid Diwali full of light and joy. For these news stories and more, we update, we update our website every day. Check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Terry Starr and Ezra Peregrine. <laughs> Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out LGBT radio for you. Right, carrying straight on from last week, um, we were lucky enough to talk to the lovely Jordan Gray, who's, who's an amazing person we absolutely love, and um, she's really up to uh, become really famous. It's lovely to watch, isn't it? So, yeah, she's at the London Palladium and on Channel 4 tomorrow night, mm. Friday Night Live. Um, but carrying on, she's here right now. Just had a, a wonderful Edinburgh Fringe in August. And what was so lovely is to get some nice reviews is, is very, very sweet, but for them to get some follow-up reviews that say that the reviews that you've just read are real reviews. Uh, believe the hype, as it were. That's the biggest compliment you can get. Like um, media, you know, the, the, the press sort of uh, taking ownership of, of this story and saying, no, this is real now. Like, actually, everybody get excited because something really good is happening. That's a huge compliment. It so is. I've been riding that high for the last <laughs> sort of several weeks. Can you Can you take us back to your childhood growing up? trans um were your parents okay schooling and that was were you bullied and or did you have a smooth flow i had uh, i'm a late life transitioner i suppose although that's an incredibly subjective term because late life you know gosh what on earth does that mean um so i i went through school sort of vaguely uh sad and lonely but i, I certainly hadn't yet uh, uh dived into the world of sort of gender non-conforming or, or feminizing myself although that said i was a goth and i think there was a very tried and true trajectory going from goth to transgender woman i'm a very, a very proud goth it was, <laughs> you know and you sort of you, you learn to um express yourself maybe with makeup in ways that was a little bit non-conforming um so i was it was my early 20s before um i made any practical steps to transition um but i certainly felt I didn't feel like a man, I'll say that much. I felt very lonely um, and felt like an alien. I think that happens a lot. You sort of feel like sort of a bit of a... Because aliens in our minds, they're sort of genderless as well, aren't they? We don't look at an alien and think that's a little boy alien or a girl alien or, or not. They're, all aliens are either genderless or non-conforming, non-binary. Yeah, so I felt I, like an alien. I just, uh, just say, Jordan, to our listeners that um, uh, we're, we can see each other right now because we're doing this via Zoom. And you aren't yeah. green, so you don't actually look alien at all. <laughs> Oh, well, that's, I mean, I'd, 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 I'd be a proud alien were I an alien, I think <laughs> great. but I'm a tomboy, as you can probably see from my, I'm, I'm a, I wear peak caps, 
trainers and jeans all year round. And I really like that to go through the whole gender journey to arrive at a sort of a very comfortable tomboy space. A lot of people might look at that journey and say, what a waste of time, because <laughs> you could have just been a, a tomboy the whole time. And um, I like that about myself. I like that. I've been Because when you're comfortable with who you are, then yes. you realise the outward expression and the clothes, of course, they're, they're just accoutrement. They're just fun little things that you can put on as and when. But when you're younger and you haven't yet formed a fully formed personality, your clothes are everything, aren't they? Like what they say about you. Right. I love flared jeans. Are you into flares? <laughs> yeah. <love laughs> flare. High five there, Jordan. I think that's yeah. a really interesting reflection, actually, because I, I do think there are sort of conversations that... Um, often sort of centre in on people who don't dress a specific way once they transition or during their transition. Um, I think that's actually changed since maybe the 60s, 70s and 80s. People, people's perceptions, they seem to have more of an educated, sort of insightful understanding. But there's still people that are that I have heard saying things like, oh, is that really how you want to dress? Or, they, they, you know, I'm surprised that person doesn't want to dress in dresses or look more feminine. And it's really interesting how people still perceive um, gender and how people still still think that uh, any type of clothing is specific to one type of, of gender or gender expression. So it's it's really sort of lovely to hear that you're in that space where you feel so comfortable, um, as you should, uh, um, as trans women to dress in, in peak caps and trainers. <laughs> Indeed. Well, yeah, the, the, thank you. The idea that we'd be wearing ball gowns to the dentist yeah, is, know, is right? such an old-fashioned <laughs> thing. But, but because I, for, for, I remember as a comedian, I'm playing to the broadest possible audience. I play to people that have absolutely no idea what they're looking at, it, it, in fairness. And that's fine. I quite like that because I like that conversation. We, we get to that point. But they've already made quite a jump in their cognition to sort of figure out what a transgender person is. So for them to put in the extra brain power, bless them. <laughs> like, I, love, I love my audiences. But for, for a lot of them to have to figure out that why wouldn't I then be super feminine all the time? And what feminine is to a lot of people is lipstick, earrings and, and dresses. It's it's an extra step that I don't feel is very useful to have to beat them over the head with it on, on our first encounter. So when I talk to people, I, I'm quite happy to play with that space of, you know, I, I like that I have this tomboy thing going on because it, it is an extra part of the conversation. But baby steps baby steps for people like we can dismantle the um what, what do you call it the signifiers and the, and what you know what what different pieces of clothing say about us in a in a future conversation if i can get them in their mind thinking okay the person i'm looking at believes themselves to be of the feminine persuasion i get that i'm happy with that that person believes that i and they and they're making me laugh so I'm happy to go along with this narrative. That's great. That's a great starting point for so, so many people. Then there's a million conversations. I can edge my way into like, you know, fighting the good fight down the line. But my audience is, um, bless them, we're all sort of learning together at the same time. It sounds like, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more about human connection for you. And it, it sounds like the audience may sort of have specific facial expressions um, yeah. of, in, in the midst of their processing and that some some people within the audience are probably part of the trans community. And then I can imagine other places that you've um, that gigged at, potentially nobody's part of the LGBTQ, or not nobody, but fewer, much fewer people. So what have those types of gigs been like? What What is the fringe experience like compared to some of the other venues you've played at? That's a great question because yeah, I, I've um, I, I've played gigs so all the way through the fringe. I'm playing to the broadest possible audiences, people that just saw a, a review in the Telegraph. Go and see Jordan Gray. So they've they've showed up, um, and I'm I'm being quite broad. I'm I'm helping everybody understand, but then I'll spot a lovely couple that um, 
like not to cast uh, to like not to make a massive assumption but perhaps um a a, t- a very bright tone of hair <laughs> might suggest that these people are non-conforming on the gender spectrum or on the sexuality spectrum they've taken the leap to to be more interesting basically so i think okay i can see that those two are not really along for the ride because they've heard all of this stuff before they don't need to have this stuff explained and that's a really interesting dynamic if i'm playing to an entire audience of lgbt people we can go into much more interesting topics and, and like untreaded paths you know but when i'm playing to a broad audiences i do sometimes a little bit of me worries if um there might be some transgender people sitting there a little bit like oh you <laughs> i've heard i've heard this before I'm like, i promise you we're getting to the good stuff just let me <laughs> lay the groundwork let me talk about yorkie bars let me talk about like the very basic stuff and then we'll get to, um yeah so what what i found with the with um my show is it a bird is like I've, I've found a really lovely fine line where most of it is just us having silly fun it I, of course i'm transgender so it, it touches base with that a lot but um the the loveliest compliments and the, the most common one is we just left smiling because it's a silly fun show i'm talking about babies and dogs and batman and boobs and silly silly stuff um and if it's pertinent to my life as a transgender person that will that will crop up but in the early days i was just trying mining my experience for the the easiest quickest jokes and i think you have to do that you have to get out those out of the way this show is just is just joyful i don't think i'm treading on any cliches um and uh, and, it, and it's musical so uh, who doesn't like music <laughs> like everyone enjoys a little bit of a, of a jingle on the old joanna <laughs> indeed i think music though um and it's and it's a really really interesting because what what you're sort of saying there is that the way that you want to communicate yourself with with the audience is in a way that they will understand and therefore enjoy it in like the most loveliest of ways and sometimes it there can be quite a lot of shock tactics sometimes i think in comedy that i think could go like one of two ways so sometimes that works really well and i've seen a lot of comedy shows and i'd love to be able to see yours um but there's always a lot of bemused faces no matter what comedy show i've been to um and it's sometimes the medium of music such as like the medium of dance can really help people relax i think and and connect and just enjoy what's happening in the moment and you know maybe with song there's not all, all that sort of thinking going on as well it's sort of like oh wow this is great and of course you you were on the voice i don't know some of the listeners won't know that but that's where i actually originally saw you um oh, and that, that well i mean i don't know how many years ago that was now but um it was 2016 was the voice um wonderful time and mm. it definitely set me up for a career in comedy i think there's something very funny about taking music so so seriously when you're in mm. it you think it's the most important thing in the world and then moving into comedy everything sort of becomes ironic and you look for the laugh in everything so to be basically something very funny about a, a quote-unquote failed music career to mine for comedy i had a wonderful career and i it was it's something i stepped down from for like lots of personal reasons but um there's the, the sort of the david brent of it all to actually look back on a, on a career um, that you took so so seriously when i do my songs in my shows they're the person I'm being on stage, the sort of exaggerated version of myself, is taking those songs so seriously. And they're about the silliest things. They are about the stupidest content. But you look in my face and you know that I believe what I'm singing. If I'm singing about, I have a song where I'm talking about selling your soul to the devil and selling your body to the devil and selling your Xbox to the devil and selling your old things to the and it's it that's the premise of it. But I but I'm not laughing. I'm I'm so so serious. And that's to me, the best kind of musical comedy is when the person you're watching believes very earnestly the silly, silly things they're saying. 
Victoria Wood was very good at that as well. Um, not to put myself in the in the same bracket as well, the I was great, great thinking Victoria, Wood. It. Victoria Wood was so good at that, and um, the, the sort of very dramatic piano playing, and yeah, um, absolutely. And I I never tire of watching her. And it sounds like there were people who actually saw your gig more than once as well. So it, oh, it's yeah, it's so lovely. Um, people that I think because it it because you've got the music and the comedy happening mm. uh, in tandem it's like a layered that you can you can miss jokes because they go by so fast when the songs are going so i think hopefully people feel like they get something out of it the second time more than just being supportive of the of the cause and of the show um was music a natural talent to you or or did you have to to work hard at it i was quite unwell for quite a long time during my late school years so shall we say 15 16 17 um so a well-wisher brought me a keyboard to play around on while i was sort of confined to my room so it was a it's like a lifeline really and when you base when you love something so so much the the work even though if, if it, even if it is hard work it just feels par for the course you're like well this is how much work i have to put in to enjoy the thing that i'm doing so it never felt like a grind but I would definitely say I put in my 20,000 hours behind the piano. There's no no question that I have. I've, I've put in a whole career's worth of you know time. So I'm I'm happy that that uh, uh, you know I'm happy people. It's a very sweet compliment to get. You know, I had a good laugh, but also blimey, you're quite good at the old Joanna. That's a lovely thing to say because <laughs> it, it kind of feels like a party trick at this point. But it was my whole career, and now it's sort of just a sideline. Like, oh, I'll just I'm just going to wheel out a piano and play as well. That's nice. And something I was thinking about, earlier, you were talking about how you took yourself so seriously as um as a musician um, when you were in in that career. It's like your sole profession, I suppose. And and is it interesting now to really reflect back on that and and see, you know, would it be surprising to the 15 years ago you to to sort of fast forward and and sort of you if you stood side by side, sort of having to tell you that you were now doing a stand-up show um that involved music but wasn't solely about music yeah because um i i'd never had a plan b i was always going to be a musician this is very interesting so i was not the funny person in school and I'll, I'll happily hold my hands up do you feel either of you feel like you were the funny one so i've yet to meet many people that think that they were the funny one um, and it's a lovely I'd, I'd love to have been but i just certainly wasn't no, I certainly wasn't. No. I was quite lonely, and um, I was j just different. So, um, so it was a, a lonely existence for me being at school. So I was definitely not the funny one. <laughs> and then does that? So I would, I would argue then. So like an existence like that, where you are sort of, you're having to find creative ways to enjoy yourself, basically, and and make friends and have fun. I I'd argue that that breeds an even more sophisticated sense of humor as you get older like if you spent a lot of time sort of figuring the world out on your own rather than just being surrounded rather than a glut of friends and a glut of fun things to do um actually having to figure out who you are means that it as, as you get older you 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 got maybe you're like a broader net to be able to cast and I, I certainly think people that had lonely childhoods tend to have a very good sense of humor that's my that's certainly my experience i think so too i would say that actually i was probably perceived as the funny one but i don't know if i was intentionally being funny i think i was just very outside of the norm 
um, quite eccentric and mischievous, but also wanted straight A's. So it was a very odd mix um, of, you know, being told to settle down, but want to make people laugh. But yeah, you know, trying to find that balance. But I was, yeah, I was a very sort of, because I, I grew up not really understanding why people referred to me as a girl. I found it all quite confusing. And when people uh, so-called misgendered me, um, I thought it was the best thing in the world. Um, so, and I never corrected them. But, um, and also, I mean, we laugh now. My, my brother was often referred to as me and I was referred to as him by people who hadn't met us before yeah, thought it was the wrong way around because yeah beautiful blonde hair halfway down his back and I had a literal bowl cut um <laughs> modeled off of Dunstan Checks in lead actor if you've not seen that that was the haircut so uh, so yeah I think I think it's really interesting talking to trans and non-binary and queer LGBTQI plus people and hearing their experiences because I've never really thought about it in the way that you've said it I really think that there's something in that you know and 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 I see so much humor and often quite dark comedy and quite brilliant humor in people that have had these very interesting lights where they've felt other than or outside of always looking in because you're observing from like toddler age or you know four five six years old and often seeing the world in a way that most people aren't so I would imagine that for someone like yourself when you bring that to the stage it's kind of well, I mean, I know how colourful it is because, you know, we've had the pleasure of meeting and I've seen you perform before. And But, you know, I can just imagine that for the audience, there's a bit of a woof, wow moment. So um, just going back to your your show, it's in two weeks' time. How do people book tickets? Oh, gosh, yeah. You can book <laughs> tickets from uh, the London Palladium's box office. That's lwtheatres.co.uk, lwtheatres.co.uk. Um, you could also just type... I'm sure you could just Google Jordan Gray. Is it a bird? That is the title that I'm very proud of, by the way. It's like it, it really open. It's such a silly pun, but it, it gets people questioning. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? But of course, I'm from Essex and I'm transgender. So is it a bird is a question I've heard whispered in hushed tones around me for, for the best part of my adult years. So I'm really, really chuffed with that. Um, and uh, yes, that's it, October 28th. So there is only a few weeks left to, or as, as of this, this going out, two and a half weeks left to get those tickets. I think they're selling quite well, but I've also stayed away from it. I'm not looking at the tickets. I'm happy. Whoever shows up, I'm happy. Not pressing the, the press button. <laughs> Ready. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, 10 years ago, I would have been. I would have been sat there. But now, as yeah, as I've gotten older, I just think I, I like the work. I like the art. If, if, um, if I walk out to <laughs> my mum and a dog, I'll be like, well, it's the London Palladium, <laughs> so it's still like um, it's still worth being there. As far as I know, those tickets are selling out really fast. So um, if you if you want if you want to be there, I'd love you to be there. But uh, yeah, grab your ticket sooner rather than later. Excellent. Just we're fast running out of time here, Jordan. One last question: Are we going to see you in politics following in the footsteps of Eddie Izzard, <laughs> who's just declared to run for Sheffield? I reckon Eddie will probably hold down the fort for a while. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like get in on that action just now. <laughs> um, that's wonderful news, isn't it? As well, how yes. what what a great turn of events. And um, we've got um, a local uh, trans activist in Cassel who's standing for Labour in North Bristol. Yes. Congratulations! That's yes. very cool. Oh, the world, the times they are a changing, and it is yeah. it's a wonderful. And it's thing so. To see. 
it's so needed. Not that it is anybody's, um, you know, nobody should feel pressured into going into things like politics if they don't truly wish to. But what a wonderful time for, for people like Eddie Izzard and Kaz to, to go into politics because they are deeply passionate about it and their voices will be heard. That's the thing, you know, they are literally going to be on, you know, basically a box talking about, about what really needs to be talked about. And that, of course, is going to be everything um, that they're passionate about, not just um, LGBTQI plus issues, but at the moment, you know, that's something that really does need to be talked about um, thank you so much once again thank you for Jordan. being on shout out thank you so much you're so so sweet for having me best of luck listeners continue to support this fantastic program and i shall hopefully see you again in the future shout out lgbt radio for you the shout out podcast there's a light uh, that's Walker Hayes and uh, Fancy Like. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. Hey, I love that one. That's a, have you got a decent like, sound system that, that's got some bass on it? My God, that makes a room shake, that one. But is it a buttery biscuit yeah. bass? That's the question. <laughs> is Bake Off even still? I didn't see Bake Off this year. Not that we're talking about bacon. I haven't watched it since it moved to Channel 4, which is really bad, because I did used to like it. I have, because I, I needed to give it a chance, and actually I really, really do love um, Noel and Matt. I think they're they're fantastic. Well, most, yeah, they um, they're nice. not superkins and Mel Gidroy, but they are fabulous. They are fabulous. Um, oh, Mel Gidroy's seen... got a series on Netflix. Yeah, and ah, so, so uh, superkins. Super, super oh, well. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we binge-watched it. Actually, it's absolutely incredible. Incredibly. Yeah, she so opens, uh, Mel, um, bears her soul. She does. Which one are you on about here? Superkins. All oh, right, okay. I was going to say because the one that Mel does, she she goes and does things in other countries that are very illegal here. No, that's what that's Superkins. Yeah, yeah, does that. Not Mel. I'm getting goes confused, to, aren't I? Yeah, Superkins is the one with yeah. the short brown yeah. hair. Goes glasses. to South America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Did you see her take that drug? Yes, I did. Oh my God, she looked off her face. <laughs> well, she was off her face. I mean, <laughs> she, she was in oh another. She, she was particles floating around in another dimension, mm. connecting with with all and nothing all at once. That was it's a very sixties trip that she went on, wasn't it? And was it eight hours? It lasted. Yeah, eight, and five green, hours of vomiting. Green gunk from a cactus. Yeah, that's what they call it. I've heard. Green gunk. That's the technical. <laughs> I, I, I love the game that she played where you had to throw the rock at the oh hilarious the, the, the pit of mud but yeah. the, the pit of mud had explosives in it yeah. if you hit it it went bang yeah. yeah but you weren't allowed to play it unless you were drunk no there were so many things that she did that I was like I really want to do that like mm. I, I'd love to wear a bulletproof vest um, and be I'm sure. Sure. no no I mean I don't no. mean that I'm not glorifying that but I mean I can understand wanting to experience no. apparently, that apparently it bruises you really yeah, badly it does, yeah. I mean it, it may Still stop a bullet to. but it doesn't like the impact can still like break your ribs and you yeah, should no, say, don't I, do that. I wish she'd sung the song Bulletproof as it was happening. This is some um, comedic sing song value. She just, she, just, <laughs> she just quite rightly looks um, absolutely petrified, and I'm not surprised. Of most <laughs> things, she seems petrified so, of most things, yeah. but it's, it's, she's very reflective. She talks a lot to she about lockdown, and of course, her relationship came to an end, and she isn't able to have um, babies. And uh, we've kind of given away almost everything in the series, yeah. Okay, so spoiler, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I'm not, I mean, it's so good, yeah. You need Please to watch, watch it, it if you haven't, yeah, watched it, yeah, yeah. 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 Spurkins is lovely, Spurk. Spurkins. love the spurk. 
She's, um, she's one of the nicest people in media, apparently. She's mm. very, very popular, always, you know, with the crew and everything. Very tender, heard apparently. That. She's very, very nice lady, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Likes very a nice lot of person. hugs and a lot of cake. Yeah. Sad news as well about Graham Norton being hounded off of uh, Twitter oh, over yes. support for trans people. For saying something incredibly moderate. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. He did. He, 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 did. He, he didn't even... It wasn't even like it was an outburst of, of support. He just said, I'm not someone who can judge I'm this. not an expert. No. no. So talk to the people yeah. involved. So and, silly um, old what, what JK Rowling, was, as she always does, yeah. like explodes and yeah. comes out with a whole load but of... accused him of supporting rape and pillage in ladies' loose yeah. by trans women. I, have I mean, no, where was that leap? I genuinely, she is I, such I, a I turf, that woman. don't know why she gets so aggravated about this. It's, um, it's, yeah. Well, she's yeah. extremely monofocused, and I think part of the problem with narcissistic personality disorders and sociopathic personality disorders, yes, I did just throw that out there, <laughs> is that it is all about her. So, you know, if somebody doesn't agree with her, you know, it's like she becomes absolutely monofocused beyond any beyond any reasonable, but you know, re- reason rationality, reasonality. I knew what mm. I meant. Uh, you know, whereas I can have a conversation with somebody, and so can you know everybody here, and actually be reasoned with, or have things broken down, or be challenged, and no, that's okay. But yeah. but she can't. And I think what was really interesting mm. about um, Graham is all he was saying is that. Um, I'm not an expert. It, I, it's yeah, not for me to ju- go ask someone who is trans. Yeah, exactly. But also, yeah. he was saying that cancer culture is just accountability. And actually, you know, grammatically, <laughs> that's correct. If you say something, you are responsible for those words and you have to be held accountable. Mm. Whether that's a positive thing, uh, something that goes in the middle, or a negative but thing. It was Nick Sturgeon's, Nick Sturgeon's yeah. view on it that I love, where she turned around and said, you know, People who want to rape women don't go and change their sex in order That's to right. do it. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah, a number of people have, have made that point, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's very interesting. I was make, make this point in the future um, uh, news extra that we're going to do, but Rowling's uh, um, sort of has turned into this sort of pantomime villain. There's yeah. a sort of twirling of the moustache, especially when somebody said, how, you know, how do you live with yourself when you know whipping up this kind of thing yeah. she said I look at my paycheck and all the fees yes is yeah. that what she said yes oh, and yeah. it was kind of like oh, it reminds yeah. me very much of the master from Doctor Who <laughs> if you remember how Anthony Amy yeah, used to sure. play in the 80s with this twirling moustache yeah. <laughs> talking of Doctor Who indeed changing the subject yes, we'll indeed. be coming back to Lord. JK Rowling um, all over the free, place. free speech fun. and all that <laughs> Um, so Doctor Who is on this weekend and Jodie transforms don't tell Ella don't tell Ella but I haven't listened to the last redacted yet what need to know how it finishes yes but yes you're right Jodie Whittaker who is the first female incarnation of the Time Lord that we know of yes because there's an implication that there were versions before William Hartnell that's very true Uh, but uh, she will be regenerating yeah Uh, I think everyone knows who's going to be the next Doctor Who I mean is out there anyone who's Doctor Who who are they saying might be then no, we know. Not my it's, it's Enkuti Gat. Oh, yes, yes of course. Yes, 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 I remember now. But, uh, of course, we're coming up into the 60th anniversary <laughs> year, and uh, Shout Out will be marking that, 60th anniversary yeah. of Doctor Who. And uh, we, we might have some multi-Doctor stories coming up. Yeah. So that would be great yeah. fun. Maybe we should yeah. get Ella back on again, because we, we you know, there's never oh, too many times. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for another week. Um, but if you do want to hear the show again, uh, along with many others that you may have missed or may not, uh, check us out online. Shoutoutradio.lgbt. You'll find the latest news 
news there as well. Uh, next week we're looking into racism in schools and we'll be having a chat about, uh, about the rolling mm. this is. So, but from myself, from Terry, from the coughing Andy in the corner, from <laughs> Ez, and from uh, Steph. Say bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.